What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. And also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. It's coming at you Monday through Friday, each and every weekday. Make it your first listen. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. In today's show, I want to talk about Villanova's Cam Whitmore coming in to work out for the Trail Blazers. I want to talk about draft due diligence and uh, when Brandon Miller's coming in to work out for the Blazers too because he's part of that due diligence process. And Bradley Beal reportedly may be on the move waving his no-trade clause as the Washington Wizards kick off a rebuild in earnest. What would that look like, and what does it mean for the Blazers? Spoiler alert, because that's going to come at like the 20-minute mark of the show. They're not getting Brad Beal. They probably don't want him, but it could still have an impact. Let's talk draft stuff, and then we'll get into Brad Beal and kind of just what it means for the Blazers in the, in, in the larger ecosystem of NBA offseason trade world. Kim Whitmore in the building, Blazers practice facility on Wednesday. Uh, just like all of the other, well, except the ones that are twins, but like the Blazers who are the guys that they are working out for this, you know, they have the third pick in the draft. The guys that are working out in this third pick draft slot, like people who could conceivably be picked third solo workouts. Uh, you know, the Thompson twins came in, a man and Asar Thompson. They're just, they're traveling together, working out together, whatever it is. Uh, I don't think Asar Thompson is being considered at three. Uh, I would assume, for at least from the mock draft consensus world, a man Thompson is, is the, is the prospect of the two that would be considered at three. Um, although I know some people who think Asar Thompson might, might end up being the better of the two twins. The draft process is in perfect and, um, just hard to get it right. But, uh, Scoot Henderson came in by himself, and now Cam Whitmore comes in by himself. Top top draft prox- prospects do not need to do this sort of um, workout in against someone job interview process. They're gonna go in the top top top, and so they're only gonna work out for you know a handful of teams. Maybe like if your range, if you if you think you're gonna go two through eight. You don't work out for nine because you don't want to drop below nine. You say, "Listen, the, I'm either going to be a wizard or I'm not, or, it's, or I'm not, or they're going to have to drop me without working out." But Whitmore is right in that range. ESPN latest mock draft from Jonathan Javoni has him at five. Yahoo Kristen at Kristen Peak at Yahoo has him at five. Uh, Sam Vecini at the Athletic released his Giants, um, just a huge, massive project. Really, I, I strongly encourage you to check it out. Uh, Sam Vecini's. Uh, his huge, huge, huge draft packet has Cam Whitmore third overall ahead of Brandon Miller, third best prospect in the draft. And the ringer, Kevin O'Connor, has him at four. So, like, Whitmore is somewhere in that three through seven range. I've seen him as low as seven on a couple mocks, six sometimes, depending on uh, where Sar Thompson is, but or Jairus Walker. Those are the kind of the names that sometimes leapfrog him. But He's right there, borderline top five pick. Who is he? A 6'6", 235, big old wing from Villanova. Villanova has a history, a recent history of producing pros. Uh, they have they have churned out professional ball players. Uh, so uh, another really good, you know, he's, he's, he's not yet 19, won't even be 19 on draft night, still 18, some change. Uh, and... You know, 6'6", 235, 6'9", wingspan, 8'8", standing reach, averaged 12.5 points and 5.3 boards for the Wildcats last year. Shot 47.5% from the field, 35% from three, and 72.1% from the free throw line. Uh, You know, I am, and and I just want to like, I think draft season... 
I, I've said this caveat a couple times, so I'll keep it quick. I think draft season lends itself to a lot of stolen valor. P- people do this professionally. I am not someone who does this professionally. I rely on the experts. So I'm reading ESPN and and uh, I'm reading Vicini at The Athletic and I'm reading Kevin O'Connor's work and I'm reading Kristen Peake's work. I'm, I'm reading the experts to get this done. I've never seen Cam Whitmore play outside of YouTube clips. Like I never, I did not watch a single moment live of Villanova basketball this year. So to act like I have like this deeply held opinion is um would it would be a lie what i'm someone who's, who's developing a scouting report based on what i've read and what i've read dude is a beast built like a mac truck and a really good athlete like a big strong powerful wing who has explosive who's really explosive maybe not in that top 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 tippy top crazy shade and sharp tier of athleticism where you're the most a- most athletic dude on the floor but you know keon johnson athleticism where you're usually the most athletic dude on the floor um it, 235 frame with those kind of hops he can handle he can shoot off the dribble and he can you know he can a really good athlete who can dribble and score off the dribble and has some defensive upside you know he averaged over a steal a game 1.3 steals per game uh steals are they're probably a decent projector of of defensive potential but they don't mean that you're a good defender necessarily but uh, at least reading uh, the draft scouting reports it's like mostly the there is there are real defensive there are the makings of defensive upside there for Whitmore as opposed to him being sort of like a, a truly lockdown defender all rookies are pretty bad on defense to begin but like Whitmore has the building block to be building block skills and some instincts to be a good defender although he wasn't really like this elite lockdown guy in college this problem is that he doesn't pass <laughs> he just he just doesn't pass you know his he has one of according to San Vecini one of the lowest assist rates for a wing of his size coming out of the last decade like for for, for a wing of his high usage um, lowest assist rates for a high usage wing of the last decade just not many players his type who have the ball a bunch get the shoot a bunch run the offense through you and don't get assists at a level that Cam Whitmore doesn't get assists um, it's just he's not a playmaker he's a he's a bucket getter um I kind of like ball hogs as like a fun player to to root for. I like when uh, like just like not sort of this like holistic, I believe you shouldn't pass, but like as just like a fan of basketball, like I, I kind of like dudes who's like you give them to on the wing. You're like, this one's it's going up. Like this one's going up. He's going to shoot this one. Um, intriguing. I'm not sure NBA teams really value guys who don't see their teammates. Um, that, that can be an issue. So I, you know, feel is a tough thing to teach, like feeling where your teammates are and where your defenders are and be able to make quick decisions. Um, you can get it by just by playing more, but I think feel is natural. And I think a guy who is low feel scares me a little bit. Um, but the athletic profile, you know, the size and, and, and his age, like he has the upside to be a really special big wing in the league. That might be enough. Um, I think the question with all of this stuff, um, or or, not even that, I think the question when the Blazers are bringing someone in is like, how serious are they about this? Like, you know, like how much how much are they interested in Cameron Whitmore? How much do they want Cameron Whitmore? And the answer is probably enough to take a look. And if and and, and moreover, it's they're doing their due diligence. We still haven't seen Brandon Miller, and we will. I want to talk about that in the second segment. But part of this is just due diligence. You you bring these guys in because you're doing the you are playing the game of of sort of what the pre-draft process is. Let's talk a little bit more about the pre-draft process and Brandon Miller in the second segment. But first, I want to tell you about game time. It's the place to get last-minute 
tickets. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you can get exclusive flash deals on football, on basketball, on baseball, on uh, whatever concerts you want to go to, on live theater, on live comedy, plus whatever you're looking for in your area, you're going to find it on the game time app or on gametime.co. So don't get rid of the hassle, get rid of the stress, snag the tickets you want without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account use the promo code locked on nba for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account use the redemption code locked on nba for twenty dollars off download the game download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right let's talk due diligence the Blazers have the third pick in the draft. They worked out Scoot Henderson. Scoot might not be there. They worked out Amen Thompson. They worked out Asar Thompson. Now they worked out Cam Whitmore. We are, as you are listening to this, a week away from the NBA draft. Uh, the, it's it's on June 22nd. The, the Cam Whitmore workout was on June 14th. It's, it is upon us. It's a fun time of year. I, the NBA draft is it, super intriguing, but... Uh, according to all the reporting, uh, both Raphael Barlow had this, and as well as Jonathan Javoni at ESPN, like this is the this week, the top prospects will ramp up their workouts, including Brandon Miller, expected to come in to the Portland Trailblazers. In fact, the way the Blazers do it, they don't say who's working out; they just announce tomorrow there's going to be a workout. Come to the practice facility. Reporters show up about an hour before they open the doors, thirty minutes before they open the doors. They say, "Hey, by the way, Kim Whitmore's here." You get ready, you, you make it happen, you do interviews, you know, you get to see the, the last couple seconds of workouts, get to see if Burt Colden and Damian Lord are in the gym, and then and that's that's how it goes. So the Blazers have announced that on Thursday morning, there's going to be a workout. I wouldn't be surprised if that one's Brandon Miller, uh, because the, the reporting from ESPN and from a friend of the program, Raphael Barlow, suggests that He's about to make it happen. I believe he had um, he had an illness that caused him to sort of get out of shape, and he wanted to get back into shape before doing his workouts in person. And he's only going to do a couple workouts, Charlotte and Portland. So it's like he can he could delay it a little bit. The process could be delayed for him because it wasn't like he was going to be on the on the big circuit like guys deeper in the draft are likely to be. So that's I don't know if Brandon Miller's coming tomorrow. Like by the time you listen to this, you'll probably know who worked out for the Blazers, unless you make the show your first listen every day, which you should. Uh, then you'll then you'll just be waiting on on uh, you know Sean Hyken to tweet it out or whatever. But like it's um, it's this time of year is about due diligence. They're not skipping out on Brandon Miller, and they're not like necessarily super targeting Cam Whitmore. What they're doing is what you is is collecting as much data as possible. Do I think the Blazers would entertain the idea of drafting Cam Whitmore? Absolutely, absolutely. He's like he's right in the range. It's pretty good, but if something comes up like you trade back to fourth with Houston who desperately wants to trade up to 3 or you go back you trade back with Detroit or you just stand pat but but other, you know, other things change like other uh, your situation changes you you like Cam Whitmore more because Mike Schmitz loves him and that's the guy like you want to make sure you've had him in the gym. I don't think the the pre-workout like drafts, like shooting, going through reads and stuff matters too much. Uh, this is some of this is based on sort of what um, Blazers assistant coaches in the past have talked to them about how they they would process draft work draft workouts, um, and it's not necessarily um, like how did he shoot? You know, they'll, they'll chart it. They'll have, they'll chart it. They're keeping all the data or whatever. Like they'll, it'll be there. It's like, well, he did shoot 17 of 20 from on open threes from the left wing. Like he did in blah, blah, blah. But like, they want to see how quickly guys pick up drills. Hey, we're going to give you the drill. 
screen here, two options. After you set the screen, you dunk, you go to the corner. If you make the shot, you go to the opposite corner. If you miss the shot, you stay there until you make it. But then the second time you go to, like, to go to the top of the key, like they run, how quickly do you pick up stuff? How quickly can you just take direction, soak it up, do it right? How quickly do you run through drills when you're tired later in the workout? How, how hard are you willing to go in these workouts? Not necessarily effectiveness, but the communication stuff, how you deal with coaches, how you take direction, how, how, how you work when they say, Hey, you know, be stronger on your left hand when you come through or make sure you, you shield when you're coming off a screen because you don't want them to reach in or, or whatever it is. Get the ball closer to your body when you're getting downhill. Little things like that. Do they pick it up quickly? Just little little tweaks. That's the due diligence. The Cam Whitmore book has been built. They have watched the Cam Whitmore film. They've done all of that. The like You are trying to avoid the... Um, recency bias of a hot shooting or a cold shooting workout. You are just trying to figure out what is this person like as a coachable prospect and what are they like as a person? You talk to them, you get some medical information, you know, get some, some medical info from their agent. That's the value of it. Do I think the Blazers would draft Cam Whitmore? Yeah, sure, maybe. Um, but I think that I, I would be surprised if he is their third target on the board, although he might be. Shout out to Sam Vecini. Same with the, you know, Brandon Miller thing. I, I Miller seems like uh, if they're going to take the pick and build with Damian Lillard on the roster, a really, really intriguing fit, right? Like a 6'9 wing who can score and play defense. He's not a 6'2". He's not a 6'2 guard. Um, I think you always take best player available. That means Charlotte might just take Scoot if Brandon Miller's on the board. I'm in Thompson, like a really intriguing, super athletic wing with some some playmaking skills, kind of just like amorphous, point guardy, point forward playmaking wing. You get these guys in the building, you get these guys in your in your space, in your area, because it's the right thing to do for the draft process. So I think it's okay to read in whatever you want to read into it. Like, choose your own adventure. Uh, that's that's the fun part about this stuff. Uh, but I think this, this time of year is the time of year the Blazers are just saying, let's get, say for, say at three, there are, two names at three, but if they're in, but because the Blazers are, you know, have had vague communication with, with, uh, with Indiana and vague communication with, with Orlando about trading down, if it's, it's, you know, six or seven scenarios, Hey, what would it take? And they're saying it would take this. Let's talk on draft night, or let's talk closer to next week. Once we figure out where we're at. Well, if the Blazers are going to be a trade down scenario, three through seven, whatever it might be, it's like, you want to be really confident in that pick and you want to be really confident, really comfortable with that pick. And I think this is, this is what you do. Um, it's due diligence season. It's smokescreen season. There's value in bringing Cam Whitmore and I'm in Thompson and Sar Thompson and all that in because you just, you want to know as much as possible. And hopefully you want your competitors to not know as much. The other thing that's happened this season is that players are going to be on the move. We'll see, you know, there's a bunch of reporting that three with the Blazers, potentially two with Charlotte and four uh, with Houston, five with Detroit. All these teams could be looking to make trades and throw the Washington Wizards at eight in there too because it sounds like Bradley Beal might be on the move and a teardown might be coming and that the, the Wizards might be eyeing, let's get some more draft picks and move up in the draft. Are the Blazers going to get Brad Beal? No, they are not. But him being traded matters for Portland. That's what I want to talk about in the third segment. Join me there, won't you? Still a pass, first point guard. 
Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Locked on Blazers. On tomorrow's show, Kristen Peek of Yahoo Sports is going to join the program. Uh, draft analyst, draft expert, one of the best in the game, and she's going to break all this stuff down from someone who does it professionally. No stolen valor, just a real-life draft expert on the show. Do not miss that one. Kristen Peek of Yahoo Sports on tomorrow's show. But before we get into draft stuff tomorrow, let's talk trade stuff today. The reporting from Mark Stein, uh, um, among others, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Mark Stein of the Stein Line, um, have reported that Brad Beal very well could be on the move, and that the I believe Woj had it first. If we're if we're citing sources here, we're citing crediting journalists is what I meant to say. If we're crediting them, um, Brad Beal could be on the move. Brad Beal has $200 million, four years left in his contract. He has a no-trade clause. The only player in the NBA with a no-trade clause in his contract is where Beal goes will be up to him. But after the Wizards hired Michael Winger over from over from the Clippers and uh, and, and got Will Dawkins over to be the, their GM, they have a, a new front office that probably wants to tear this thing down and start over and build it up from scratch in the model of Oklahoma City because that's where Dawkins came from. That means Beal, a veteran who has only played for the for the Washington Wizards and, and a darn good player that could be on the move. Like I've said now twice in the show, Portland is not a destination for Brad Beal. It's not a destination for Brad Beal. Uh, but... It matters to the Blazers because I think a frothier trade market with more big money involved and more teams trying to move parts around for big money could be valuable to the Blazers. They can be facilitators or because they don't have a bunch of giant contracts to trade, they can get in and say, okay, let's hop in this this deal that was going to be a two-teamer to make it a three-teamer to make it a four-teamer. And we can, as long as we can make the money work for in-going, outgoing here, we can be a team that facilitates. Or, hey, you need to move some money. How about you take on Yusuf Nurkic and we'll take back this part for you? Like, this matters. If, if teams are... Uh, you know, I think the Clippers have been a rumored destination for Brad Beal. The Clippers are shipping off their um, their collection of wings. Then the Blazers could either get involved in trying to be a third team to receive those wings if the Wizards don't want them because the Wizards want to go young. Or if it's a larger deal, facilitate and get in and make the money work on these sort of mid-range contracts the Blazers desperately need depth. Or if the Blazers are swinging the big trade, the big trade... More teams involved in sort of more dominoes helps them swing the sort of like three for a star. Okay, uh, you know, Jalen Brown and Brad Beal are involved. Now you've got uh, Amphrey Simons and the number three pick involved. Okay, like it, it, all of the moving parts can help the Blazers because more teams trying to move more money, trying to be active in the trade market is valuable for a team like Portland that is not going to be a player in free agency and doesn't really have... I mean, maybe they do have some sort of appetite for it, but they don't. They're they're trying to get good in a hurry, and the trade market is the way that they will get good in a hurry. And I think a big old contract like Brad Beal being in that market is valuable. It matters. It matters. I think it will also be an interesting gauge on what a massive contract is in the market. Brad Beal and Damian Lord are often compared to one another. They are not particularly comparable as players. Brad Beal is a really good player. 
one of the better players of his generation. And Damian Lillard is one of the best players in the history of the sport. Like they're just not, they're not on the same plane by any means. People comparing them is because it's easy. They've played for the same team. They're about the same age. They make, they make a whole bunch of money. Brad Bill's younger, uh, but like they make a whole bunch of money. It's like, it's a simple, easy, it's a simple and easy, it's simple sort of, um, and simplistic is the word I'm trying to say here, uh, comparison to make. But I don't think Brad Beal has a particularly robust market. It just hasn't been available very much. Like, he's really good. He's really good. Um, he's an efficient shooter. He can really score on the ball. He's a really good off-ball mover. Like, he moves off the ball well. He's gotten a lot better as he's gotten older as a playmaker. Um, he was not he was not someone who passed very often early in his career. Also played next to John Wall. Like, it's just different. Um has developed as he's gotten older into into a solid playmaker. He's a solid play finisher. So really efficient scorer at a bunch of different spots. He, he's a great you know downhill driver, pull up shooter. Like he's 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 a really really solid player. I'm probably lower on him than maybe um, others. Like I I think I don't project Beal to probably be like in the All NBA conversation for the remainder of his career. Um, but like he's, he's certainly a very, very good basketball player. The problem with him has been availability. He just hasn't been healthy for long enough stretches to keep the Wizards competitive. Good when he plays, hasn't played enough. But in general, I think if you're thinking about this from a Blazers perspective, Beal is going to be something like 30 to 40% less attractive than Damian Lillard on the trade market. But a veteran who is good certainly would help you in the immediate term getting traded will give you a sense of sort of what the appetite is for teams to trade for that type of contract. Dame is like way better, right? Like he's just straight up way better. But um, in some ways he's not as easy as a fit because he doesn't play off the ball. Um, He's, you know, he, he takes you to another tier because he's just like one of the best offensive players in the league. And Brad Beal is merely a good off, like a really good offensive player. Um, But it's, it's, I think it'll be interesting because you, like I said, it'll be like, say it's like Brad Beal's like a 40% discount from Dame, right? If not more, like I had 50% discount from Dame because of, um, you know, he'll, no trade clause. So the other team has, the Wizards don't have a ton of leverage and uh, and the money owed to him and the availability. But like, I think we've talked about on the show, I have talked about on the show and a couple of my guests have talked about on the show. It's like, it's hard to see what a Damian Lillard trade package looks like. And I'm not even advocating for trading Dame in this. I'm just saying like, if you're curious about like when people have said, well, what's Dame's fair market value anyways? I think like um, Brad Beal's trade package times 1.4. <laughs> if you're into math, uh, that's some, it's something like that. It's, it's, it is... I think it'll be maybe not like super indicative of what the Dame, a Dame deal would look like, but it'll be informative to what the appetite is for certain teams. And it'll also probably take a, a handful of teams or, you know, depending on wh- where the moving parts are, like it'll take some teams out of the Damian Lillard running potentially. Like if Brad Beal goes to Miami, that that's that, right? Like, um, I don't, I can't imagine him going to Brooklyn, but if there was a situation that, if there was a situation like that, like, It'll be curious if Brad Beal ends up in in Boston. It'll be curious what happens to Jalen Brown. They're not certainly not going to take both of them. Um, so it's it is. I think it'll be interesting because the Blazers can get involved in a sort of Brad Beal extravaganza if they can be facilitators or they can just you know whatever barnacle onto a, a trade to make it happen because that'll be the sort of big four teams move parts. Um, Andrew Bynum deals. What I'm thinking of Andrew Bynum, Dwight Howard deal, like four teams cycle parts around. 
and it'll be informative for what the appetite is across the league for big money for big money trades. Should be fun. Should be fun. Sounds like it's going to happen with the Wizards with Beal. Um, whether it happens prior to the draft, on draft night, or into free agency, we will see. But um, should be one to monitor because I think it'll have implications for the Blazers in a bunch of different ways. Okay, tomorrow's show, Kristen Peak of Yahoo Sports, draft analyst. Been doing it for a while. Love her work. You will love her on the show. Come back and listen to that one. Tell your friends to do it. We do these five days a week. Wherever you get podcasts, it's also on YouTube. Tell your friends. Make it your first listen. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.